<laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, over the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about the importance of knowing our identity. And I believe it was two weeks ago is whenever you discussed how we use groups to really anchor ourselves. And last week I was trying to get into how it can be so confusing to, to find our group and who we should be with in all of that. And I want to really drill kind of into the, 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 the wherewithal that sometimes the group we're in is in this dichotomy of it's starting to define us, but I'm not sure that this is who I want to be. And then we get caught into this problem of if I abandon this, what does that say about me? Like, like if I break up with this person after being with them for four years, even though I don't think it's the right thing for me anymore, essentially that says I was a failure. I didn't know what I was doing. I picked the wrong person. So you can go down this rabbit hole of self problems that you're having because you were defined to a degree by this, by this relationship here. And where I want to get into is the overarching that we are at some point, inevitably, all of us are going to find ourselves in a group that we just don't want to be a part of anymore for lots of different reasons. And I want to get into the talk that we have within ourselves about why that would be either okay or not, and when or not that is something that's a healthy conversation to have with ourselves to explore what it would be like if I wasn't a part of this group. You know, for some people, obviously, groups have more meanings than others. Um, as you were going before, if you, if you were on stage trying to join an acting crew, aside from it possibly being a, a fun hobby, it's not how you define your life. But you see people who have lived on, on stage their whole life, and then they made it a career, and then all of that, well, then that would be much different. So hopefully this makes sense, the direction I'm trying to take today's episode, and um, you understand what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> Um, uh, no, actually. <laughs> so, so going into whenever I was in a group and that, that we, as we were saying, groups kind of define our identity a little bit, but I realized I don't want to be a part of this group anymore. When is it okay to have those thoughts? Is it okay to have those thoughts, I guess, in general? And then what should we do about it? You know, all of the questions around that pivotal process uh -huh. of, I'm not sure that this is a good thing for me anymore. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I suppose I should be uh, a little careful, more precise and, uh, or make sure that I'm being precise and in, in stating some of these things, you know, we, we do our, our identity develops in, in the context of relationships and, and of course, uh, group uh, our relationships with groups becomes uh, an important part of that, and so that's uh, obviously what you're you're building on. I, I I need to be careful that I don't uh, overstate. You know, we do have a a sovereign individuality, of course, apart from relationships, and that's why we can move groups and and different groups, uh, different uh, memberships in groups form us to different extents. Uh, so something like my faith is going to have a lot of claim on me, uh, a claim over, 
you know, the statements of what's right and what's wrong and moral behavior. Um, it's, it's going to propose beliefs to me about how I see the world. I mean, there's a radical shift in my worldview because I'm Catholic. And so the viewing every human person as having a, an infinite value, for example, which is going to give me the, the push and the courage to believe that relationships with all people are valuable, that every person is valuable. And so that's going to move me to fight against something like abortion and, and even in a slightly different way, but um, still meaningfully against the death penalty, that uh, simply killing people who have infinite value is not something that we should generally be doing. Uh, and certainly pushing against war and against uh, you know, a number of other things as well. So uh, anyway, the, the point is that certain group uh, memberships are going to have more of a claim on my thought and behavior. And thus also my, my self uh uh, my self-view, I guess, uh, in, in my Catholic faith, I believe that I have an infinite value. And so um, being able to, to live that out, now, that can create a certain kind of cognitive dissonance if my faith teaches me that, but the people who are supposed to be representing my faith don't. <laughs> so that's a challenge for all of us to make sure that we're actually living out some of these values. But all of that is to say certain group memberships are, are going to be more significant than others. And you were indicating that with the acting example, somebody who lives on stage and that's their whole life or a lot of their life. And they're identifying with a lot of different dimensions of that realm in terms of friendships and the, and, and the culture that's there, how they're uh, approaching the world and seeing the world based on the sorts of relationships that unfold there and uh, business models and all kinds of other stuff. So, uh, so I think the first thing is just to recognize there are different levels of this. Um, you know, one fundamental group. So, an acting guild is not fundamental to humanity. Humanity has existed without acting guilds, and it will exist in the future, perhaps without. Uh, well, anyway, parts of humanity will exist without acting guilds. Uh, so, on the other hand, one one group that's not uh, optional is the family. So humanity has not existed without a man and a woman coming together and procreating. And uh, even at a natural level, the commitment to each other for the sake of raising the children is uh, has been uh, universal and ancient. And so that's a that's a group and, and I draw my, you know, one draws their identity, you draw your identity from that you are uh, Teresa's husband. That's a mm -hmm. defining aspect of your life. And she is your wife and you are the, the father of Joey. And these, these kinds of relationships are also defining of you. And one of the things that we embrace in faith is that that's not a relationship that we just walk out of. And so, uh, you know, is that a, can you leave an acting guild? Yeah, you sure can. Uh, can you leave your marriage? No, you can't. No. We can have some edge cases and exceptions around certain kinds of things in the, the sense of, was it really a marriage? And anyway, let me just set all of that aside and acknowledge that there are some marriages that, thank God, uh, it's become possible for you know, a battered wife to walk away from a husband that's abusing her. Uh, those, are, those are important things. But normally speaking, we don't just walk away from that relationship. Um, from from other things, you know that I think uh, 
I think where a, where a group has gone, um, you know, there's a matter of, of commitment, uh, a matter of value. So when a group goes contrary to your values, and maybe that's the kind of thing we're seeing now with some of the political parties that uh, people join the, the Democrats uh, because they fought for uh, civil rights between, you know, for, for African-Americans and the right to vote, for example. And now it's moved in a number of other directions and that might be very disagreeable to some people, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's the uh, support of abortion or the support of uh, gay rights or something else. And so uh, we don't stay with groups when we have fundamental disagreements on um, uh, non-negotiable values. So it's not to say depending on what the group is, that I agree with everyone all the time that's in the group. But if I'm fundamentally opposed to some of the things that the group stands for, well, then what does it even mean to belong to that group? What does it even mean to associate with that? And uh, so, you know, those would be more uh, more serious decisions. Uh, other groups we might leave because we just don't have the time that they deserve a certain amount of commitment. Maybe it's the, you know, the bowling league or something like that. And those are some good friends that I've had for a long time, but I just don't have the time for it anymore. And I have other commitments that have to take priority. And so I may need to, to disassociate with a group like that. So anyway, there's a kind of spectrum of things there. And I just uh, teased open some of that and you can take us wherever you want to. Well, I appreciate that. I, I want to kind of point in a deeper thing because while you can be in big groups and by all accounts, the, the, monastery that you're at has a great deal of people there that, that are all monks and you're not going to agree with every single one of them, but you are in agreement about the core and fundamental things. And I, I, I think that that's an important distinction just because one of the, you know, you might have a disagreement with something and it might be something that on the outside world seems very trivial. You want to have curly fries. And the other one wants to have slinky fries. Um, and, and it, it may be very trivial on the outside, but inside it might be this giant thing. Well, is it a foundational or the thing or not? The, do these disagreements matter? And I, I want to get into something else that we mentioned before earlier is that by nature, the fact that everything in life being relationship-based nothing can be static because the fact that we're constantly learning more about ourselves, about each other, about the world around us, static is not an option. There might be a time where things are moving less chaotically than others, but they're never always still impermanent. And where I wanted to get with that was, Using your example about, about the, the Democratic Party is that things shifted. At one point, their most important thing that they had overcome was the civil rights to vote. Then it they got it, and then it changed something else, then it changed to something else, and it changed to something else. Um, and to a degree, that's that's what life is. You know, Right now, my most important thing is to make sure that my son doesn't fall going down a flight of steps. At some point in time, I'm not going to worry about that anymore. And he's just going to have it. And then we're going to focus on something different. 
um, like the fact he's eating too many marshmallows or something. Whatever the case will be, I, I just know that things will change. And to that point, that there, there, there's, I guess, there's two thoughts that that I'm trying to con- to, to explain here that I don't think really get enough credit is it is possible that someone that I might've had one of those moral reasons or fundamental reasons. I never wanted to be in a group with them 20 years ago. That was the case, but it is possible that through the zigging and zagging of currents of life, because we don't all go in the same direction that now we are okay. And at least I can listen to them and say, you know what? That's something that, that I would like to be a part of hearing the message he's trying to present. And I think that there are so much of us, and this might go back to the autopilot we were discussing in the last episode of once we put someone in the camp of morally object and never revisiting them and how this is different than driving. You know, when I'm on the same stretch of highway, I fundamentally know what it's going to be. It's going to be straight for a while. That's got a little turn to the right and it's going to be cool. And if there's ever going to be a problem, this is where it's at. But for the rest of it, we're cool. And I want to point out why I think that's so much more dangerous when we're talking about people, because that road basically won't change suddenly. I mean, it would take a major construction project that would take years of PennDOT making the road change from straight into an S-bend turn, because that's how life works. But it doesn't work that way with relationships. And Father, before I keep going on and possibly repeating myself here, I, I, I want to have you take that because I'm sure this is something that you see quite a bit in people in confusion of how can this be someone that I either was completely against or completely for, and now it seems like I don't even know that person. Yeah, uh, people are certainly dynamic. I mean, we're, we're capable of uh, significant change. And so, uh, more so perhaps than highways, as you say. Uh, so, yeah, we, it's a, again, we have to, you know, if we, if we encountered each person as if they were going to be a completely different person every time we saw them, that would not make for relationships that continue to build. So Mm -hmm. we, we have to presume something and we presume that the person is basically the same as the last time that we talked with them. Uh, and you know, modulo that, if that last time was 20 years ago, uh, then we might presume that the person has adjusted maybe more significantly. But uh, yeah, we certainly have to leave room for change. And um, I suppose on the on the other side, we if we know that we have changed, uh, then we, we probably need to uh, front that in some way that um, there is a, a shift in direction or um, so. Anyway, we don't always need to make everybody else guess where we stand at every t- all the time. You know, it's there's a mutual responsibility to keep adjusting the relationship as both people change. But mm-hmm. yeah, we can get locked into patterns. You know, family systems therapy is recognizing that kind of dynamic between the you know the alcoholic parent and the enabling child, for example, and uh, that enabling child keeps uh, doing whatever the parent needs in order to uh, kind of keep the keep the, the safety of the house or some consistency and uh, the alcoholic parent you know whatever keeps uh, keeps drinking the alcoholic parent could be 
uh, could change and maybe uh, uh, become sober, but the enabling child could end up kind of pushing the alcoholic parent back into the alcoholic role. So mm-hmm. that's that's where you know we we do create family systems, we do create relational dynamics that uh, end up trying to preserve what has been, and then we keep repeating failures. Um, the uh, uh, what is that? The rescuer victim. Anyway, there's a triple that uh, sometimes we end up. Here's the, the third one. Uh, persecutor. So, uh, uh, yeah, they're right. Abuser, victim, rescuer. Right, right. So, uh, you know, we can end up getting into these kinds of cycles. And even though one element of the cycle starts to change, the other elements of the cycle can sort of force the cycle back into place or force the relationship back into place. So so we don't want to do that. We want to be more, uh, a little bit more dynamic than that and, and be aware of the kinds of patterns that we keep living out and, and not just repeat uh, problematic patterns. So, but that takes a lot of maturity. I mean, it's, uh, change is hard and it's, it's hard for ourselves and it's hard for other people to change. We, even if it's bad behavior, we learn to lean on people. We learn to lean on behaviors that we can come to expect. And, uh, sometimes we'd rather have the bad behavior we can count on rather than the good behavior we can't count on. And so that can make it possible to, um, prevent good behaviors or at least not reward them and reinforce them. And, and then we, uh, almost expect and then bring about the bad behavior. So all, all of these things are part of the complexity of being human. And, you know, it's nice to talk about it. Hopefully it's, uh, kind of wakes up some of our listeners to think about, gosh, what kind of relationships am I in that way? You know, am I repeating relationship patterns that are unhealthy and, maybe somebody around me is trying to change and I'm not letting them change because I keep treating them a particular way that forces them back into what I expect. Um, that certainly happens. I, I have lots of uh, spiritual directees who are in those kinds of relationships with spouses or parents or colleagues or a variety of other things. So um, yeah, we want to pay attention to why we're doing what we're doing and, and, uh, we want to allow people to change in our lives, to grow and and uh, take on different roles and different behaviors and different worldviews and things like that. And we don't want to uh, sort of keep everything static and and prevent that from happening. And it's such an important thing to do. Um, sometimes it's as simple as just sitting back and thinking just with one question. Why am I like this with this? And then let that grow a little bit. So rather than watching an extra half an hour of TV, just going through this exercise because it could really potentially change your life in in a lot of different ways and illuminate some things. And does that mean every answer you're going to come with about how to change it will be perfect? No, probably not. Will it always be sustainable? We just went through why it won't always be, but why it could be. And and to look at, at, at what gets us into these situations that we're not happy with or what what makes us think this or act this way because normally we're not even thinking we're just on autopilot and and to really do a a hard reset and hard thinking about why it is that i do do what i do is much valuable than the extra half hour of tv and it's something that that investing a short period of time has just such monumental results and just something to, you know, to try to think about and, and articulate as, as we're going into this next week here, what it is that we can do 
to to make a difference in all of our relations because it will have a ripple effect because as you just said in, in a family relationship if we can correct this relationship and have a pattern it will then affect each of the way we interact with someone else in it and it creates a very quick multiplier effect through that web and as it goes through your family life it then will transition to the other relationships in your life it's a completely great exercise to invest in and and Father, I just hope that we articulated it well enough today and, and going through that for, for, for people to follow with us um, well, as the week goes on. So, And, uh, you know, maybe I can just uh, add to what you said there. Uh, reflecting on it on our own uh, is, is an important and necessary uh, thing to do. It can be hard because we don't always see what we're doing. We don't always see ourselves uh, clearly, objectively. And... That's where having a relationship that's uh, someone we can really open up to and be totally honest with and that we can think out loud with. And uh, that becomes a relationship in which we can reflect on ourselves and our relationships in. And uh, spiritual direction is a form of that. Counseling is a form of that. But, but spiritual friendship or just friendship with someone that we can really share things with and, uh, and talk freely, somebody that will listen to us and give us room to kind of explore and try to figure out what's going on and where, uh, where we are uh, in, in different relationships is, is so essential. And uh, so, you know, I would really encourage that as well. Some personal reflection, like you said, and then a real confidant, a real a sounding board, a real a person that we can really share freely with and not have all the answers and not every, have everything prepackaged, and, but, uh, but really speak freely about um, what's going on in our life and what's going on in our relationships. And that can really help us to see where things might not be the way that we would want them to be and where we can make a change or maybe where somebody else has made a change and we haven't noticed it, we haven't acknowledged it. And what beautiful things to take forward into the rest of the week. So we thank everyone out there for listening. If you have not done so, please click and give us a review. Again, massive help for everyone who does that on the Apple platform and the Spotify platform. Thank you all very much. And we will be with you again next week.